Welcome to the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Lewis, and I am so glad you're here. My hope is that each episode feels like you're having tea or coffee with a friend. Religiosity can complicate our relationship with God, and it can feel more like a heavy burden than the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. I know what it's like to want a relationship with God and to feel like you have to do all the things the right way to keep God happy. Learning that God loves me and even likes me has changed my life and how I approach faith, the Bible, work, family. Because when you are grounded in your worth and God's grace, it does change everything. And I want to share that with you here. I pray that this podcast empowers you in your unique, genuinely personal relationship with God and encourages you to rest in who God is and who he says you are. Hi there, friend. Welcome to this week's episode of the Abundant Grace Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about proving and what to do after we've recognized some of these patterns and what to do, especially with the good things that we have been doing inside of this performance and this proving and trying to earn something like, what do we do with those? How do we decide which ones to keep and which ones to toss, which ones are actually a good fit for us and which ones really aren't the right size and not what God has for us. Um, so without further ado, let's just get into it. So on last week's episode talked about proving and how that striving can keep us from resting and There's also an aspect of the not physical rest, but the internal rest, that internal peace, that internal turmoil um, that we're going to talk about a little bit more today, because when we're proving and trying to do all the things and be all the things, which side note, I am actually all for, I'm not an advocate for this. You have to pick one or the other. You either have to fit this mold or that mold, or you either have to um, be a working um, businesswoman, or you have to be a mom 100, you know, like all your energy just goes to one or the other things. I believe that we can do so many things and can be multifaceted and that's beautiful. But when I say you don't have to be all the things to all the people, like you don't have to say yes to every opportunity that comes your way. You don't have to say yes to everything that people ask you to do. Um, You can pick and choose. You can have boundaries with your time and um, say, I don't work on this day or I don't work in the evenings or our family doesn't do sports or whatever um, fits with your boundaries. You're allowed to protect those um, for what God has for you And maybe even just what God has for you in this season to say yes or no to. But when we're trying to prove that we have something or that we deserve something or that we are something, we are likely to be doing a lot of good things. And it's a conundrum sometimes when we come against these things that we've been doing and we go, okay, wait a second. I don't think all these fit, but they've been good things. So what do I do with them? I'm exhausted. I got to the place of exhaustion, literally going to church on nights when my kids needed to be in bed or when I needed to rest and 
Instead, I was in my place, quote unquote. I was where I was, um, quote unquote, supposed to be and on the verge of tears, so exhausted, but there serving and doing what I thought I had to do in order to be a good Christian. Like that was just what I did, but it was brought me to a place of exhaustion. And maybe you're at the point where you recognize this and you now have to analyze what things do I let go of? Because going to church, even multiple times a week can be a very good thing. Reading your Bible every single day is a good thing. Praying, having a prayer habit is a very good thing. Serving in the ministries that you've been involved in, pouring into the lives of people um, that you are serving is phenomenal. So where, what do we do with those good things? First option would be that we continue to do them and our motivation just shifts. So now instead of trying to prove something or earn something through that performance, we simply just are. Now we're owning it. I have an example for you that's kind of silly. Um, A friend of mine and I on a hike this weekend were trying to move a tree out of the way that was clearly too big for us to lift. And we were waiting for um, the chainsaw to come up the road so that we could, um, to be brought up the road, the chainsaw was not walking. Anyway, the chainsaw to come up, to be brought up the road so we could cut the tree and get it out of the way. But as I was standing there, I was like, I'm going to just pretend like I'm lifting this sucker out of the way. And I get underneath it and try to move it out of the way. And a thought crossed my mind like when we're physically strong, um, sometimes you'll see, like I get the picture of like a teenage boy or something trying to like show how strong he is, like by pushing something out of the way. So he's doing an action of moving something out of the way. And maybe that's really helpful, but his motivation would be maybe to show that he's strong, to prove that he's strong, which isn't necessarily wrong, but for the sake of the analogy, stay with me. If instead he maybe grows some in maturity and security in himself, he's not going to stop helping. He's not going to stop moving things out of the way, right? But instead of trying to prove it, he's just going to own it. He's still going to do the same thing and help out and in his physical strength can help and do something useful doesn't mean he has to stop, but maybe maturity can teach us to do things and we can just own them and continue to do them. So that's the first option. We can keep doing them. And number two, we can stop doing so much. So the first thing that for me happened was when I realized how unconditionally loved and accepted I was, it shifted my motivation. I no longer did it out of fear that God would leave me. It, I no longer did it out of like guilt that it was like the only way. I no longer did it um, to try to prove who I was or that I had to say yes to all of these good things. I could rest. I could actually do less and be okay as like be okay with myself, even doing less. And then the third option would be kind of to stop it all. 
so that you can come to a place of examining what gets to stay and what needs to go. Like what isn't good for you in this season, what you need to do and what God is calling you to do can take time to examine and look at. So you might need to take a step back from all of it. If, especially if you're feeling, um, physical triggers in your body, if you're getting anxious walking into a church building, or if you are not really knowing how to approach the Bible anymore, because it's so full of things that have been weaponized against you, maybe it would be really wise to take a break from those. If possible, hold on to one thing, and that's communing with God, talking to God and being still and listening for his voice back. And if you're not at a place where that feels um, doable, there's no shame there. You don't have to feel any guilt for exactly where you're at. Just own it. No pun intended. (laughs) Just be where you're at and be okay with that. Um, You don't have to feel less than. You are not less than. Um, for whatever you're walking through right now. And if you want to grow in that relationship and you want to get to the point where you are more comfortable um, in that relationship with God and able to commune with him and tell him exactly how you're feeling, that is what I do coaching for so that you can experience the wholeness and peace with God and peace with yourself that you're longing for that maybe you don't know how to reach on this other side a performance. Another example of this performance and resting and why resting and being still is so important. We can see that in the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha is hoping to get it right. She wants to serve Christ. She invited him into her home and she wants to make this meal just so, and she's busy. And I would say, I mean, her motivation could have been anything. We could insert anything to the story. It could be um, that she wanted it to be just right because it was Christ. It was the Messiah. Um, It could be um, that she just wanted things to be perfect out of personality and there's nothing wrong with that. Or maybe she was striving um, by trying to prove something. We don't know. But what we do see is Jesus saying, Mary's chosen the good part. She's sitting at my feet. And maybe in the season of where we need to stop doing all those things, we have to let something slip through the cracks. So instead of creating a beautiful four-course meal or whatever Martha was doing, um, maybe serving cheese and crackers is sufficient and which I love, by the way, we do that every Sunday, um, at our house as part of my Sabbath rest so that I'm not cooking lunch, cheese and crackers with some summer sausage every Sunday for lunch is a godsend. Anyway, back to the story, those cheese and crackers would be plenty. So maybe all you have to offer God instead of all of the ministries that you are involved in or all of the ways that you in the past have felt connected to God that aren't working anymore, you just boil it down to something super simple, to sitting at Jesus's feet and getting your next download, getting your next assignment from him 
And that might be just rest a while. And that might be, okay, go back to everything that you've been doing. Probably not because we tend to get ourselves way too busy and way too involved with too many things that actually hinder our ability to sit and be and be at peace with ourselves and rest in the presence of God, the way that we see Mary taking advantage of this. So you can take inventory of all of the things that you are a part of and ask how they're serving you and how they're serving um, the people around you. And I challenge you <laughs> to not look at, well, who will do this if I stop? Because that's not always your responsibility. It can be easy to let that be our responsibility, but if God is speaking to you and saying, you're going to let this go in this season, then you can step back trusting that God is working on someone else's heart so that they will step in and fill that void. If you're not sure which things to let go of, here's an idea for you to help you navigate that. Quit enough things or take a break from enough things for you to be able to have margin to sit and be still. Maybe that looks like five minutes for you. Maybe that's 15, a 15 minute walk. Create some space to where not every minute is packed full. We've believed the lie that God ordained our busyness and the way to redeem the time that Ephesians talks about redeeming the dime because the days are evil. We've believed that the way to do that is to cram our schedules full. And God never intended for you to be going and going and going every second of every day. He ordained work. Work was part of creation before the curse. Work was an assignment that Adam had, Adam and Eve had pre-curse. And rest was also available to them pre-curse. It was like something that God did just to create the world that way. And he does not get glory out of your burnout. The world or the church might applaud when you have filled your schedule to the brim and you're involved in all the good things, but God never intended it that way. He invites you into rhythms of rest, built in rest. So you don't have to do all of the things. So if you feel like you can't create space for rest, the first thing that needs to happen when you're evaluating like what stays and what goes, what is part of my assignment right now and what is not start by peeling away a couple of things so that you have space for rest. And it's not going to be easy. It's not always just like, wow, I have this pocket of time. I had no idea that I could rest. Now rest is a choice that we get to make because it's a gift from God. We get to receive that, but it's also a choice we have to make. We have to receive that. It's not something that we just like get given to us and it automatically blocks out 24 hours of the week. And there's our Sabbath. We have to actively choose that rest. And after creating enough space to have margin to analyze if your schedule is too full, or if you need to be letting go of some things or adding some things in. The second piece is what brings you joy? Like what 
is something that lights you up, that God has almost seemingly created for you. This is a job for you. This is something that just fits with who you are. See what brings joy into your heart and keep those things. There will be space for things that aren't our favorite too, but start with the things that bring you joy. Keep those. We can't, don't have to operate in a place of keeping the things that feel the hardest because they seem the, the most important. What lights you up and serves other people is your sweet spot. And you don't have to apologize for that. You get to operate in that place. That's a gift that you've been given and you don't have to deny yourself of, of that by keeping the things that feel heavier. Somebody else, it might light them up to do it. It might be exactly the job that they've been called to do. And so you can let it go and not carry that weight around and that busyness in your schedule. And last, but certainly not least, press into what the Holy Spirit is telling you. You are a child of God. He communes with you. He talks to you. Sometimes we need to get still or we need to fast. We need to create space from the busyness in order to hear that voice, but he is speaking to you. And I called a friend a few months ago and was asking some advice and she gave me her advice and it was very helpful, but something else that she said really stood out to me. It was basically an affirmation, a declaration over me that she said, you have God living inside of you. I know that you'll make the right decision. And just that trust, the, the, the belief that she had in me to make that decision because I have God living inside of me and God speaking to me. Like I don't have to go to a priest to find out what God is saying. God speaks directly to me through his word and through just nudging my spirit and through other people confirming his word to me. I have that and you have that. And I want to encourage you that you are capable of making those decisions and deciding what stays and what goes because you are partnering with God and you desire to do what's right. And God will continue to honor that in your life. Get some rest, friend. Stop the hustle. Stop the busyness. Um, What is God calling you to do? in this season? Is he asking you to keep doing what you've been doing just with a little bit of a motivation shift? Like instead of trying to prove it, you're just going to own exactly who he's called you to be. Are you going to take a break and a rest? Um, Are you going to continue on with the things that you've been doing? This episode has been pretty practical. I hope you took some action steps away from this that can help you rest and press into a closer relationship with God and a closer relationship with yourself. If you want to take a deeper dive on this topic of rest and recovering from that need to achieve and prove or earn, grab the Bible study. It will help you walk through this and learn how to rest more. You can get that at Abundant Grace Bible Studies. I can't wait to hear what your takeaways were. Have a great rest of your week, friend. Thanks for listening to the Abundant Grace Podcast. If this episode was an encouragement to you, I would love to invite you to share it with a friend. And it would help me out so much if you would leave a review for the Abundant Grace Podcast. It makes a world of difference 
getting this podcast into the ears of other people so that they can be empowered and freed from religious do's and don'ts too. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts on this week's episode. You can find me hanging out on Instagram at emily.abundantgrace, or you can send me an email at hello at emilyklewis.com. I'm praying for you and cheering you on in your faith and healing. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you more and nothing you have done that makes God love you less.